Welcome to Kettlebells and Cocktails with John and Nikki, and Nikki is on assignment taking care of a baby in Rhode Island and not here in Florida, but instead have a, uh, a less cute version of Nikki, Scott Britz from Battle Cancer. How are you? Thank you. I'll take less cute. I think less cute's a good way to refer to you. Yeah, I, th I think that you could do many other worse things, so that's a good start for me today. I, I appreciate the fact you're mostly clothed. That's I for once I'll make an effort for you to actually wear some kind of clothing. Every time I open your feed, you have on like very little clothing. There's almost always a motorcycle. Almost always. Yeah. Or, or you're in the water. <laughs> Are those your two favorite hobbies? Pretty much. So have I ever told you the strategy of why most of my posts don't have a top on? No, but I, now I need to know. And motorbikes and water. Yeah. So because if you just talk about cancer, people don't care. So my whole strategy was get an attention and then talk. So yeah, I mean, every second or third post, I'll try and do some kind of clothes post. Yeah. But so it's worked so far, it's helped. So your posts are like this. It's like cancer, nipples, motorcycles, water. nipples, motorcycle, water, cancer, cancer, nipples, motorcycles. It's called the Scott Burton equation. Yeah. It goes in the exact way. I love that. <laughs> I love that. How long have you been uh, over in the States? When was your trip? When did you fly over? So I landed on Tuesday. So we were in Dubai. So I was over in Dubai. Uh, we have an event there and we're launching a, a, a post-cancer treatment program, which is the world's ever first there. So but I flew straight from Dubai to here. So it was like 19 hours. So I left at like Monday 1 a.m. and I landed in Miami on Tuesday night, but it was kind of like 19 hours in total. Oh, dude! I flew two and a half hours from Cleveland to get here, and it was the most miserable two and a half hours of my life. How do you? I don't know how you do nineteen hours on a plane. A little bit of luck. So the second flight, I managed to have three seats. So my hips, not really enjoying it, but I managed to get a little bit of sleep. My my last flight, I had three seats, and it was uh, I was in the last row. Okay. And there was nobody there with me, so it's like redneck first class. It's like the best. It's absolutely the best. Get a stretch out. It's dark and out. And I did keep my clothing on for the flight. Did you? I did. Yeah. They, they, they frown on nudity on the plane these days. When I got on the plane to fly down here, I was flying Spirit, which is the lowest of all airlines, by the way. Okay. I loved it. It was great, though. Don't get me wrong. How much are we talking for a ticket? To get here? Yeah. It's like 150 bucks. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it was it, it was low, right? And so it's a rowdy flight because it's a cheap flight, right? Like people have saved up all year to get that 150 bucks to fly to yeah, Miami, to get here. and so they're going crazy. So the the flight attendant comes on, and uh, she makes a huge point to say you can't change your baby in the seats. Like apparently this is a thing. People just wiping asses right there. Have so you seen the viral video of the lady and the cat? Oh. No, I don't think so. So there's a, a lady on a lower-budget U.S. airline, um, and she's breastfeeding a cat. <laughs> Maybe it's the same airline. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I love it. So I don't even know how you breastfeed a cat. I mean, I have a, I have, I have a cat. He never tries to feed from me. but <laughs> It's because your nipples are always hidden by T-shirts. Well, maybe. <laughs> Knowing this, I'll never take my shirt off around being again, though. Guar guaranteed. 
But you're in the States now, so how long are you here for? So we are here till Friday, next Friday. So yeah, we've got a good bit of time. So we have a, a Battle Cancer event in Miami in December uh, and an activation awareness tour in September. So it's a good chance for us to meet the community, get involved, um, and also try and have at least one day off. It'd be quite nice. So what's on your bucket list of things to do while you're in the States? Swim. Of course. Water. Oh, motorbike. Of course, yeah. Of course. <laughs> Training my top off. Yeah. What else is there? <laughs> Those three things, to be honest. Um, and food. I think I've been, luckily, I've traveled quite a lot in the US, and Miami just has this real melting pot of cultures and the food here has been one of the best that I've been able to get. Certainly from like Wynwood and a lot more like independent places. So do, do you stretch out and, and buy traditional Amer or get traditional American type food while you're here? Or do you stick with things that you would eat at home like beans on toast? Uh, well, I'm that typical CrossFit guy. Yeah. So I'm pretty clean eating, but I'm open to anything. So certainly over here, like anything Mexican is great. Anything with avocado, all the like salsa, anything like that is good. I'm just a steak, obviously it's amazing. I'm just not really a burger and fries guy. So yeah, it's kind of steak layer that. We, we went to a place uh, for brunch today called Bacon Bitch. Have you heard okay. of this? <laughs> and uh, it's, you know, tons of bacon. I had an egg white omelet for the record, which was great, but it's not really their specialty. You can imagine okay. with a yeah, name like they, Bacon Bitch. They were questioning what you were ordering. Yeah, but at some point, one of the guys with us is a regular, and uh, the woman taking care of us brings over a round of tequila shots. It's 11.30. In the morning. Yeah, it's 11.30 in the morning, so <laughs> why not? With bacon in? Uh, no, there wasn't any bacon in the tequila, but it was uh, it was a good brunch. We're just nice. leaving it at that. Okay. <laughs> that's the that's the kind of brunch you need to find while you're here. I that's mean, to be fair, um, so I don't drink, mm -hmm. but everyone who's with us does. Right. Um, and we have uh, we've taken on a new guy called Alex. He's like head of our community and training, um, and he's half Scottish and half Mexican. <laughs> a combination that I have not seen before, yes. um, and he very much likes his tequila. So yeah. he's been eyeing up tequila everywhere. Well, I think if you're half Scottish, half Mexican, you're just required to drink 24-7, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a mixture of whiskey in his blood and tequila in his blood. Mm. I love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Are, are you doing the traditional sightseeing here in Miami, or are you doing just doing all the fitness? No, to be fair, we, it's pretty much just the fitness. So we landed... I needed to train. I'd been on a plane for like 19 hours. And then we set up, but it rained for the full day. So we were kind of just setting up there. And then we're just running our stand from 8 a.m. to sort of 9 p.m. Um, but next week, we've got a really cool takeover at CrossFit Wynwood on Monday with Noah. Um, so that'll be semi-fun. And then maybe a couple of days off. Also, I'm not 100% sure other than sort of Miami Beach where I need to go and see. I've no one's kind of said, oh, you must go here, you must go there. I think there's one or two people here you could ask. So, of all the people you are going to meet while you're here, who's the nicest one and why is it Noah Olson? Isn't he like the nicest guy you've ever so, met? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with his dad. Mm -hmm. So his dad, Bill, he's been amazing with us. He, so Bill, we gave Bill two years ago a battle cancer patch, and he's kept it on his shoes. So he's laced it through and kept it on his shoes for two full years. And he's going to run one of our programs here in Miami, so he's going to be coaching people post-cancer treatment. Um, and the minute you meet Bill, you understand why Noah is the way that he is. And... I've been really lucky to get to know Noah a little bit over the past sort of two years and ask him questions that I think I get a bit of a better, more honest answer. And 
I just don't think he ever wants to offend anyone. He's just the happiest, nicest guy. I've, I've had people over the years say to me that people have met him, they're like, that can't be real. It's got to be fake. I'm like, no, no trust he me. Is. Like, I meet a lot of people, and I've met him multiple times, and he's like that every time you meet him. He's like it, the nicest dude. He genuinely cares about you. You know, there's a lot of time that conversation isn't conversation. It's people waiting to tell you about their thing. He's not. He genuinely, there's very few people I've met like that. Certainly that are so famous in the CrossFit Hyper Bowl. You know, because, you know, and this is not slagging anyone off, but, you know, if you walk down New York, you know, walk down Fifth Avenue, most people might not know who he is. But in the CrossFit world, like, you know, he's yeah. 10 years, back to the only athlete that's been here every single year. He's super famous, and he will stop for every single person, yep. especially if there's a dog. Yep. Oh, yeah, he loves dogs. <laughs> he does love dogs. He's a great dude. So you mentioned you're uh, hitting your training, and we were talking earlier about the Open. How are yes. you feeling about your Open training? Are you I'm ready excited. to go? Yeah, I think... So I sit in that bracket where I know I'll never be, like, games good, but I'm okay. Um, so team this year for me. So we really want to get a team Battle Cancer. So we have a Battle Cancer affiliate um, in the UK. So obviously the, the rules on affiliate cup is really strict for this year. You know, you've got to prove that you live within a certain distance. So everything for me is we've got a team. Um, and I'm getting old now. For CrossFit terms. <laughs> how, so, how old are you, dude? So I'm 34. Oh, you're killing me. But in CrossFit, that's old. I'm 51. What are you talking about? Yeah, but we also look similar age. I, you I'm might like, be a little older. I'm like minutes away from death based on the way you worded that. <laughs> it's a miracle you're even here, John. It's a miracle you're breathing at 51. It's a miracle of science. It is. <laughs> that, that actually is true. That part's actually true. But no, I think the Open is going to be really interesting again. Obviously, the first post-Dave era open um, I think it's going to be very interesting and also post-COVID really I know, yeah. I know COVID's still here but you know last year certainly in the UK and Europe most gyms were closed so everybody's position was kind of skewed because if you owned a gym you were basically finishing above anybody who didn't own a gym right <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you a story about that. First of all, COVID doesn't exist in Florida, by the okay. way, if you didn't know that. It's okay. not here at all. Um, however, so when uh, when the lockdown happened here in the States, yeah. I have a really killer home gym. Okay. Like, I a total humble brag here. Like, Is I it get, basement or barn? It, basement. Okay. So it's, you know, it's heated. Wow. Every piece of gear that I've got in the gym, I've got in my basement. Wow. So... I started, I had nothing to do. I wasn't used to not leaving the house. I was working from home for yeah, the yeah. first time. So I started training two times a day. You know, I've got Whole Foods delivered in the house. I'm even eating right, God forbid. <laughs> like, I was in the best shape of my life. We come out of the lockdown. I get to the gym the first time, and I go do a workout with this 25-year-old kid who's really good. Okay. And I smoke him. And the look on his <laughs> as long as I live, I will never forget the look on his face by getting beat by somebody twice as old as him. And I said to him, like, dude, I've been training for three months. You haven't been doing anything but sitting on the couch. Like, <laughs> but that's that's the truth. Yeah, it's like, it was a, such a strange time of that. But also, I mean, how did you find that readjustment once that lifestyle stopped? Like, how did you deal with that? Well, I mean, it's still running in waves here. So, like, you know, we have moments where, you know, I'm going into the gym on moments where I'm not. Right now, my gym is closed, so I'm not going in at all. Okay. Other, you know, just working out at home. Closed because of COVID restrictions? No, no, no. They, they closed for a different reason. Okay. okay. Um, it, it's been odd. Like, I, anytime I'm not there, I miss the community. For me, that's the only yeah. reason to go. Like, I'm one of those people. I can train at home 
and I can motivate myself, and it, yeah. I, you know, I don't need somebody to yell at me to get started. <laughs> and it's actually better for workout from home because then I can skip the warm up on my own and not feel guilty. <laughs> um, but I miss the community. Like I miss getting to talk to all these crazy people and 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 getting to see what happens on a day in and day out basis. And yeah. and for me, I'm a visual learner too. So like I learn from watching other people. Yeah. And and not necessarily from watching the movements or their form. I learn from like watching how people break down workouts okay. and yeah, what yeah. it does to them. And like I kind of store it in my mind. And I'm like, all right, that guy broke too soon. I'll try it this way next time. And then nice. and that's how I've learned over the years. And yeah, so yeah. not being in a in a affiliate hurts me in that regard. So I'm I'm bluntly a little worried about the open because I don't. Right now, I'm not fully prepared to approach workouts from a how do I break this down standpoint. Yeah, I think as well. You know, the the future of fitness during the midst of COVID was things like a mirror where you stand in right. front of it and all this rubbish. And I just don't think that will ever replace the connection and that learning, like yep. you said, together as a group. And I think the open for me is a great chance for anyone to just start. And for most people, this will be like a new start back into fitness. You know, and if people have had COVID, if it's affected them in any shape or form or whatever, like, I don't know, mental health-wise, this is probably people are just starting to be back in big groups again and experience that. But um, I don't know. I need people to shout at me and call me names to really make me go. Yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> and I get that. Like, it, you know, I like being around the community, and I think most people do. Um, but, you know, I also respect those that want to take the different tact and, they, you know, they like, you know, this is a great example where Nikki's not here because she's got a baby at home yeah, and, of course, yeah. and she can't have the risk. And so I understand. Yeah. And so there, you know, there are starting to, to be other venues um, to train at home. Like I've been beta testing an assault bike home workout program. Okay. It's, you know, it's all on video. Because it's like with a, fit? Yeah, with yeah, fit. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard, dude. It's yeah, really hard. Bike. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard, man. It's run by Gus from Wit, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, so it's like having a coach there with you. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you connect with them, and you feel like they're yelling at you, even though they're not in the room. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> so if you can kind of suspend disbelief, I think there are going to be outlets for people moving forward where they can do more at home. But I don't think this connection to the community no. will ever go away. Hopefully. And in terms of. Like now, from an online standpoint, the Open is going to give you some gold. Oh, it yeah. will. It must provide every year. Well, look, I, here's, <laughs> what, here's why I love the Open. I can go find my friends and see their scores yep. and compare myself. Um, I compare myself against Eric Rosa for obvious reasons. I mean, you've a striking resemblance. Striking resemblance. <laughs> you know, we're in the same age division, so I like to see if I'm more fit Who than is... him. He's more fit than me. Okay. He's, I mean... He does have a couple of billion dollars. He's also more rich than yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he, he's basically better than me at life. At everything in life, he's better than me at. Except for memes. I'm better at memes. For whatever that's worth. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't really know. Well, we don't know. I guess no. maybe he could start a meme page and then he'd be better than me. <laughs> I don't know. So, have you, You've interviewed Eric, haven't you? You've spoken yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah. And how was that? It was great. I mean, you know, keep in mind this was right after he took over. I'd love to get him on right now for obvious okay, reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Look, he was great. He's yeah. hyper smart, very focused. Um, I thought he had a very clear vision for where he wants to take the company. I still think that's true, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, regardless of what you know, the naysayers in the comment sections are saying. Yeah. 
So I think he knows where the business is going and where he wants it to go. Um, you know, I've said all along, and I'll continue to say this for a long time, I don't think um, CrossFit or maybe even Eric really understand yet the power of the community and, and what the communication to this group looks like. Meaning, like, if you're going to communicate to... Um, any normal kind of affiliate mindset, meaning like if you owned a chain of something, yeah, yeah. it's really easy to reach out to whoever you're uh, leasing that space to or to the affiliate owners and saying, here's what we're doing and getting everybody on board. And everyone would get on board because the people that work in there are just employees, yeah. right? In this community, these aren't employees. No. <laughs> everyone has, but they all have a vested interest in the business yeah. and they all want it to succeed and they're all really passionate about it. And we all have our own individual tech streams. Yes. And, you know, when something goes wrong, we're all messaging each other going, what the hell's going on with this? And they haven't quite learned how to communicate to that yet. And I think they need to put some real effort into it. Otherwise, it's going to continue to be a thorn in their side. I mean, there's a few things I've been really lucky that I've had a, a number of conversations with him. And then at the games, I managed to have like two really good sit-down conversations. Yeah. And both times, his vision for CrossFit is the impact very much in terms of health and that community. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he said it, we did a great big open session. And he said, you know, he wants basically 51% of CrossFit's income to go back into the community to help change projects yeah. and change people's lives. And, you know, I, I never, I must have sent 50 emails to Glassman. And at that time, I never got one response. You know, I sent one email to Eric, I got a response and we've had so much support and, and to hear that was great. Um, and even though, you know, like when you're talking to him, I feel like he's listening to every single word you say and he's thinking about it, processing it and doing something. And we were talking about how we want to change perceptions about how people use fitness for people in recovery. Right. And he talks about, you know, well, he asked me a question, he said, well, how do you reach people in China using CrossFit? And I was like, um, he's like, no, this is a genuine problem for us. He's like, how do you reach a country where social media is in a different way? And, you know, we are able to open affiliates, but there's a huge population problem in terms of smoking and obesity and heart disease and cancer. How do we do that? And I didn't have an immediate answer for him, but, you know, that's, I feel that's his mindset with CrossFit is to make an impact, not just showcase the very best which is awesome but I do think he I think that's what he wants to do I think he's done a, a really fantastic job to your point of fostering partnerships with organizations like yours yeah. like you know Glassman's vision and, and Greg was great at a lot of this is not you know yeah. hey I mean he got it to where it yeah. is yeah. yeah it just is what it was and you know his philosophy was is he would he wanted charities like yours to be part of the organization but he wanted you to do all the heavy lifting yeah. and he'd support you where he could but yeah. he's not going to help carry across the finish line Yeah. and that's what I really like about what they're doing now is they're bringing organizations like yours and the Phoenix and yeah. and um, Project Onyx and on and on and on Yeah. and and bringing them into the community, mm. supporting them, putting the CrossFit logo on there, which yep. is huge for you guys in particular. <laughs> yeah, now it was, it was massive. Yeah. I mean, we I remember the very first event we ever did. I put the word CrossFit in a social media post, and I had a cease and desist email. You know, this was six years ago, so it was a really crazy moment to say battle cancer and CrossFit. It was a yeah, it was kind of a pinch me. This is a. This is, I never thought that would ever happen, ever. Yeah, it's, it is amazing. And we should talk about battle cancer because we've been sitting there talking about ourselves and my lack of fitness. <laughs> uh, but, you know, not everyone listening 
knows everything you guys are doing. Nope. So give us a rundown on on kind of your mission and what you guys are currently doing. Yeah, so Battle Cancer is two things. So number one, it's events where everybody can get involved. It's four nine-minute workouts, which when people hear that, they're like, okay, maybe that's pretty easy. They're not. Yeah, they never are. <laughs> but the difference with the events was that you could affect your score, so you could see where you were on Competition Corner by how much money you fundraised or donated for your charity. So people went crazy for that. You know, we've managed to fundraise two and a half million pounds, so like you know, two point seven million dollars for fifty different charities. We had people this year as a team of four fundraise like seventeen thousand dollars just for one event. Um, so that's one half, and then the other half is trying to change the way that people view people who have had cancer. So once they're through their treatment, you know, make the fitness world, make the CrossFit world, treat them differently and support people by actually empowering them to do things like a barbell, to do things like a 2K roll for time. You know, it's about how you build that up. So over that, we, you know, we've got the Battle Cancer program and then the events this year, we've got 13. So this is a huge year for us. You know, it's four in the US for the very ever first time. Maybe no one will turn up. Hopefully a lot of people will. <laughs> yeah, they'll all sign up. And you guys have been doing a tremendous amount of fundraising, right? Yeah, so as I say, it's about $2.7 million. In firm. But that's not me. That's not our team. That's the people that do our events. So, you know, we kind of get this weird glory that we're the ones that say, oh, well, we fundraise, but we haven't. It's been the people that have done the events. We just give them a vehicle to be able to do it. Um, and the way that that's helped people across the world, that's 50 different charities. You know, that's you know, people in Germany, in Spain, in Ireland, in America. It's, it's all across the world. But that's not enough for me. Like, I want us to hit a million every year. And I think this year the aim is 750. And then every year we want to try and hit that, that magic million will be the, the good day. I, I think the thing I love most about what you guys do, and, and this is nothing against other charities that are focusing on cancer. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of charities uh, or people's perception of charities that focus on cancer is I'm going to donate money and that, that money is going to go to helping cure cancer. Yeah. And what I love what you guys are doing is you're getting people that have cancer or their cancer survivors into fitness, which yeah. is so important. Well, if you look at the current rehabilitation programs, like let's, you know, God forbid this never ever happens to you, but you're a fit guy, you've trained, you know, you've competed and stuff. If you got cancer and you recovered, the current rehabilitation view is standing and sitting on a chair and walking around. Okay, so for some people, that is all they can do. But for about 98% of people, that is the most demeaning, demoralizing, not gonna change your life. So we want to get people being back who they were, you know, treat them as athletes. You know, you, if you sit Pat Velder down here and you sit someone down who's just gone through a severe amount of cancer treatment, there's the same like discipline, the strength, the heart, the determination that they share is exactly the same. They're an athlete. So for us, it's about, you know, changing perceptions and treating them like athletes. You know, and we've had phenomenal results from our program. So, you know, the events have raised a great amount of money, but the program, one lady increased her three rep back squat by a thousand percent. 
A thousand percent. I think it might have to join your program. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, man, I hope I get cancer. If it helps my, if it helps my back squat, man, a thousand percent. That's in, that's unreal. Well, I gotta believe the power of the community's helping with that. Like I, it is. I've met people coming into the community that are recovering from injuries or recovering from other things, and being around people seems to help. Like, what do you guys see from a that standpoint? I mean, I'm, I know it sounds very over dramatic, but I'd like to think you know I'm not. It saves people's lives, you know? People, when they get diagnosed, and we've got people we know in this situation, they get told, you've maybe got a year left. But they come into a gym, they train, they stay friends, they get active. You know, we, we give people shit. You know, just because you've got cancer means I'm not gonna take the mick out of you. Doesn't mean I'm not gonna like, no rep you. Um, but it gives people purpose and drive and makes them wanna stay here. And we've seen it. We've seen people that unfortunately they've not had that support network and community and you know they've not recovered. And then we've seen people who have and have completely flipped 360 and stayed with us and got stronger more than ever. And tell me one place where it doesn't matter who you are when you walk in that door of a of your CrossFit box. You could be a bin man, you could be a businessman, you could be a like judge, whatever. If you cheat a rep, you're gonna get told. If your friend time is rubbish, you're gonna get told. Like that's it's the only place I've ever found where it's an equal playing field the moment you walk in. See again, if I got sick I would I would be leveraging that. You call me a no rep, I'm like, but I'm dying, Scott. <laughs> And we're like, no, nope, doesn't no, matter. No, doesn't it's matter. an interesting one for us. Like, you know, Waterpalooza, where we're here now, the adaptive division is something that they've led the charge with. You know, they did it him before the games did. And for us, we wanted to speak to CrossFit about, you know, potentially viewing people post cancer treatment and bringing them into the adaptive division because of the effect that it has on the body. Yep. You know, but none of those people want to, they don't want an easy ride, they don't want to be right. gifted a rep. You know, and that's, yeah, that's the thing that when I feel like being lazy, it, there's enough people that have given me a kick up the ass because I've got no excuse. Well, that's been my experience uh, with the adaptive vision as well. It's like they don't want an easy ride. No. You know, like they just give us the hardest thing you can give because life's already given us the hardest yeah, ride. So there's nothing life, you can do that's worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I've not, you know, there's not one person that you see here that's not a rock star in that adaptive yeah. vision. You know, that's not coming onto the floor completely and utterly owning that competition floor. No one's shying away or hiding. They also have the harshest sense of humor yeah. of anyone you've I, like, I can't even hang with these guys because they say the most horrible things. I'm, and then like, I'm like, what do I I'm like, listen, I say a lot of offensive shit. You guys are offending me, so I gotta go now. Like, it's the best. It's, I, I had uh, Kevin Ogar on the podcast a few weeks ago. And he kept using terms that I'm, I'm not even comfortable saying in an open crowd like this. <laughs> I'm like, so at some point I stopped him. I'm like, can we say that word? He's like, oh, yeah, we can say that word. I'm like, no, no, no. Can, can I, I, can yeah, I say difference. that word? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's the best, dude. Well, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I, you know, I think the whole community does. And it's really exciting to see it really start to steamroll. I think the first time we talked, you know, you guys you guys were on your way, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But since then, it feels like you guys have just exponentially exploded. We just never give up. I think it's also the more that people understand what we're trying to do and what we talk about, they just love it and they buy in. And we, our marketing budget is zero, you know, and I've said this to you, and certainly you and Nikki before, every single time we've appeared on something, it's reached someone else and it kicks back. You know, we've just announced two weeks ago partnership with Nike. Like, we've got the first ever three-year multiple, like, event charity partnership with one of the biggest brands in the world. And for us, that's going to change 
the reach capability, it's changing what we can do. And we've got another awesome huge partner that we announced in a week as well um, that are really going to be supporting the, the program. Um, gifting their product will be a huge thing for people to take ownership of their recovery. Wink, wink, wink. Um, so I think we, we now also have the backing of giants, and we've never had that. You know, we've always been knocking on the door of giants. Right. That's amazing. Well, we're kind of butting up against our time here since okay. we're on a live stage with people. But uh, <laughs> before before we get off, and you know, this is uh, going to be audio for most of our audience because they can't see your wide array of tattoos. <laughs> I think you're required to get a tattoo of Nikki on your body somewhere okay. while you're in Miami. Well. So. I was going to be getting something here. In fact, everyone from the team was going to be getting a small tattoo. Perfect. So what are we thinking? A little cocktail? I think you could get the cocktail logo would be epic, but... Okay. What's in it, what's in it for us? Um, continued love and support from the podcast. Salt. Salt. And let's not forget, you helped, you know, you donated over $1,000 to our program. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, like we all got to do our part, right? Yeah. Let's so I think I owe it you. First of all, and actually, it's from the sale of these socks. Ironically oh, enough, wow. I didn't, uh, I didn't intend that today. It didn't occur to me. Um, but yeah, that uh, was a, a nice thing. The you know, company I was partnering with uh, was doing a wanted to do a cancer, a cancer uh, charity, and they're like, "Would you want to be a part of it?" I'm like, "Only if I get to pick the charity." Nice. And uh, so yeah, and so it's really the power of the community. It's the same thing you said before, like. I would love to take credit for that donation personally, but it wasn't my money. Like I'm using my platform to raise the money yeah. and people are donating and buying things. And, you know, I think that's the gift we're given by having a platform, whether it's the podcast or the meme page or whatever, is that yeah. you can tap into the power of all those awesome people. Yeah. You know, it's good no. stuff. Well, thank you. I will. I'll get it. Done. All right. Well, thanks for joining and subbing for Nikki. I'm sorry, everybody listening. I'm not quite at Nikki level, but... I'll, I'll strive to be better next time. She's heartbroken she's not here. She's been texting me today. like She's got major FOMO right now. But. Well, we're heartbroken because I think Nikki is quite possibly the only universally loved person in CrossFit. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Yeah. If Eric Rosa fired her, then the affiliates would be leaving. Yeah. I, I think the FBI needs to get involved at that point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thanks for subbing, Scott. We appreciate it. And for everyone listening, thanks for joining us here live from Wadapalooza, and we will talk to you soon.